Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. We have purpose in our company to improve the lives of consumers every day with the products that we that we touch, but that's also improving the communities in which they live. And the way we like to think about it is that our brands and our company can be both a force for good and a force for growth. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. It's a great pleasure today to welcome a good friend, Mark Pritchard, the Chief Brand Officer of Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble is, is a vaunted corporate name, but for those of us who know it, we know this, but for our, for our listeners, I'd love to just kind of unpack that for a moment. Procter & Gamble is a house of brands. The brands that Procter & Gamble, amongst the brands that Procter & Gamble brings to market are those which touch every aspect of our lives, from Crest to Tide to Pampers to Charmin to Gillette to Head & Shoulders. I'm, I'm proud to say many of those have already... Uh, been part of my day, and it's only eleven o'clock. So, uh, well, I didn't you know, hear that, Michael. Uh, and that's the daily drumbeat. Pampers, not yet, because I will see my grandchildren later. So, uh, I'm past that part personally. But uh, the Pampers will show up later in my day. <laughs> that's great. I'm glad to hear that. That your whole family is also uh, following in your footsteps. There you go. Um, so, Mark, and I've said this to you many times. Your voice in your role as chief brand officer of one of the largest marketers in the world is so important. Your position and importance in this industry is something I know you take seriously because when you speak, people actually listen. And when you move, people actually follow. So it's so important to get your perspective. And I feel fortunate to have the opportunity to do that today. One of the things that really jumps out at me is the importance of brand marketers to take back control, to take control of the messaging, to take control of how they're communicating with the consumers. Because I'm guessing at the number, you'll correct me, but the brands that you help bring to market touch how many 2 billion people a day, 3 billion people Uh, a day. I mean, it's a crazy number. Closer to 5 billion a day. 5 billion, that's right. I knew you'd you'd get me closer. 5 billion people a day interact with the brands that Procter & Gamble brings to market. That's an important opportunity. And from that perch, you now have an opportunity as a marketer to speak directly to the consumers in a way you never did before. And I know you take that seriously. How do you take back control of that? And what does that really mean to a consumer? Well, I think, first of all, you're, you're right about the importance that we place in being a good citizen of the world because we touch so many people around the world every day with our products that you mentioned. And one of the things that we have seen over time is that consumers are changing. People are changing. They're seeing that you know, traditional TV and print is declining, and seven out of ten people are saying ads are annoying. 
you know, digital media is dominant, but 30% of people use ad blockers. Traditional retail is, is shifting to e-commerce. There's more direct-to-consumer types of brands that are uh, engaging with consumers on a one-to-one basis. So on the basis of the consumer shifting and really asking for more from brands, wanting to know not only what our products provide and why, why they should use those products and why they're better, but also what points of view we have on things around equality and the environment and doing good for the community. We felt that it was no longer okay for us to relinquish that control through another third party, whether it be different ways to reach consumers or, or who, who does the work. So what we decided to do is to take matters into our own hands and bring more direct connections to consumers. So we're doing that by ensuring that when we, we have data that we're, we're getting, and then we're trying to connect with consumers more directly so we don't reach them too often with our ads. Something very simple like that, so we don't annoy people with too many ads, rather than just giving it to a TV station or a radio station and saying, you go ahead and decide how to put that out there. We're actually doing it more directly. We're connecting with people through things like Olay Skin Advisor. You have to try that, by the way, Michael, because you'll, you'll probably be pleasantly surprised. Olay Skin Advisor is a direct one-to-one connection with consumers that you take a selfie. It actually goes back into an uh, artificial intelligence system that compares your skin age, the age of your skin, to your actual age, and then gives you tips on what to do. That's not an ad. That's a utility. It's a direct connection with the consumer to make it useful for them. And that's really what we're trying to do right now with all of our brands. Well, that's so interesting, particularly since I celebrated a birthday yesterday. (laughs) I'm definitely going to try it now. I want to know if I look as good as I think I do. I can't wait to see the outcome. I'm certain it will be a good thing and you'll feel good about it. There you go. Well, Mark, you, you, you touched on something at the front end of that, which is so important to you, I know, but really so important to our listeners and to the consumers at large. And you didn't say the word, but you certainly implied it, purpose-driven. And I know you are a leader in this industry, but in this, not just in our industry, because of your position, you're a leader in the world, really, in terms of things like equality, in terms of purpose-driven, in terms of you know, doing well and doing good. And and I don't mean that just in contributing money to a charity. I mean that in, mm-hmm. in how you live your life. You said it. We have a purpose in our company to improve the lives of consumers every day with the products that we touch, but that's also improving the communities in which they live. And the way we like to think about it is that our brands and our company can be both a force for good and a force for growth. And the two have to go hand in hand. Because in order for us to have the greatest impact, we need to build in how we do business so we are doing good, so that the outcome of that is not only a better planet and a better place to live and uh, and better conditions, but also it builds our business at the same time. So we focus on equality, for example. Let's just take gender equality. We believe that We should live in an equal world. We believe in equal representation, equal roles, equal pay, equal respect. And so what we have done is we've used our voice in advertising as a way to be able to be a force for good on gender equality. It's as simple as just ensuring that we have an accurate and positive portrayal of women and girls in our ads and then have points of view periodically that will promote 
gender equality. You're familiar, I'm sure, with Always Like a Girl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, before Always Like a Girl, 19% of people thought that that was a positive expression. After we did Like a Girl, which really tried to turn Like a Girl into a positive phrase of doing amazing things, afterwards, 76% of people feel that that's a positive phrase. That changes the meaning through advertising. We just came out with Olay, fearless to face anything. What it does is it defies the myths that women are held to standards of being too optimistic or too ambitious or too emotional, things that are really wrong to say about someone. And it just defies those myths and expectations to where you're fearless to face anything. That actually was uh, launched in Times Square to a great reception. SK2 changes destiny of your skin, and it changed the destiny of your life. We just did a project called the Bare Skin Project, where six celebrities actually did a photo shoot without any makeup at all, because they're defying the expectation that women have to wear makeup to be beautiful. It's not true. Ariel Share the Load is one of our favorites, where it shows men sharing the load on laundries, because they know that men have as big a role in equality as women. So just by virtue of the ads that we have and the points of view that we provide, that is a way in which we can promote gender equality through the actions that we take in our ads. That's just one example. Well, and let me reach back. And I think the first time I saw it, Mark, was in 2012 on the backdrop of the uh, London Olympics. And obviously, Procter & Gamble has been a strong supporter of the Olympics on a global basis for so many years, one of the most important partners. But I think it was 2012 when you did the celebration of moms. And I'll tell you the truth, every time I see one of those spots, I get a little verklempt. It brings tears to my eyes. And I know that's part of the mission, not to make people cry, but to make people appreciate mom. What was the impetus for that campaign? And, and it's something that still lives in Procter. And it was one that just has stuck out. Sure, different ones yeah, that have been um, funny, but Michael, that what, one... What, we got into the Olympic partnership in 2010, and, and what our the brief <laughs> to the agency was, unite the purpose of P&G with the purpose of the Olympics. And what they came back with is a, a different twist, which is that most Olympic sponsors look at things through the eyes of athletes, and what we want to do is look at it through the eyes of moms because moms are there with their athletes and their children every step of the way, and P&G is part of their lives. So that was really it. It was to use this as an anthem to mom and an anthem to women for everything that they do for their children and their families. And we've done multiple executions of that. The last one is perhaps my favorite, because what it is is it's called Love Over Bias. And what it did is it looked at bias, through the eyes of mom. And why I love it is because it's intersectional equality, so to speak. It starts with a young black girl who turns into a Olympic champion skier. It has a gay young man. It has a, uh, a Muslim figure skater. It has a Caucasian who is obviously economically disadvantaged. It has the full range. It has a young Japanese boy who is disabled. So it shows the whole range of humanity and says, imagine if the world could see what you see through mom's eyes. So it just is an incredibly uplifting statement of really 
true diversity and inclusion that is uh, is very, very powerful. And to go beyond that, the team that developed it was completely diverse, 50-50 women. We had multiple races. And the person who shot that ad was Alma Harrell, who is the uh, leader of Free the Bid, which, as you know, is devoted to building the pipeline of women directors in film. So that's where a brand can really be a force for good. And one of the most powerful ads that we've done. And it inspires us to keep doing more. Well, and and Mark, you were one of the leaders who said, if we don't like the way certain programming is being produced, then we're going to put our money where our mouth is. And we're going to get and support those who are creating programming that does line up with what we think is friendly to the family, if you will, or that talk about that a bit, if you wouldn't mind. And in terms of, again, being willing to, you know, not only say it, but do it. Yeah. Well, you know what, what it speaks to Michael is the transition that the people we serve are making in terms of what they're engaging in. People are really looking for great content and they're looking, as I said before, they're actually looking for fewer commercials (laughs) because they want to enjoy the content. So we're starting to imagine a world where, you know, what if there were no ads? What would we do? Now, I think there's still going to be ads, but what would we do as a a way of ensuring that what we're doing is engaging with people in a way that, that they want to be engaged with? So we've created a number of content partnerships. You may have heard that we announced the a partnership with Katie Couric Media, where Katie is now producing content by women for women and using her incredible you know, journalistic skills to be able to draw out stories that would be interesting for people to hear. We ran short six-episode series called Getting There, where she engages with women who have gotten there from a career standpoint, and then she talks about how do they get there on a day-to-day basis and how do they keep it going. You know, great, great content. We've created a partnership with Queen Latifah called the Queen Collective. This is promoting the uh, multicultural women directors. In other words, what we want to do is create a pipeline of multicultural women directors, and we've awarded two black women directors with uh, the ability to create two films that they're now filming. And this will be short-form content that we'll end up putting onto different distribution platforms, likely to be mostly over the top. We finished the uh, Hello Sunshine Together Tour, which is an amazing tour of events of 10 events Hello Sunshine is Reese Witherspoon's film company, and uh, we partner with her as well as WME and and several others to develop this uh, event, and that's producing content that we can use. Those are just a few examples. Probably another one you might be interested in is, you may remember, we created The Talk. The Talk was a film that was focused on the talk that black parents have with their children before they go out into the world, as to the prejudice that they will face. Very, very powerful. Probably won close to 100 different awards, including an Emmy um, and a Grand Prix at at Cannes. We engaged with Blackish on ABC, where they created an entire episode on the talk. So, you know, those are just a few examples of where we're seeing the future go. And frankly, we've got multiple content and production companies who are coming and talking with us. And uh, you'll see a lot more of that coming in the future. Well, it's certainly an exciting time because I agree with you. Advertising isn't going away, but as has been pointed out to me, it's a trillion dollar industry that has to reimagine itself because 
It yeah, does. You still There's no question about that, yeah, Michael. You, that the, yeah. Well, Mark Pritchard, on that note, I want to say thank you for taking the time and joining us in the studio today. You got it. Thank you, Michael. Be well, sir. Take care. You too. Cheers. Bye. I'm Michael Casson. Thanks for listening to Good Company. Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. A special thanks to Lena Peterson, Chief Brand Officer and Managing Director of MediaLink, for her vision on Good Company. And to Jen Seeley, Vice President, Marketing Communications of MediaLink, for programming amazing talent and content. Good Company is edited by Jessica Kreinchich.